Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. I don't want to waste time here tonight. We want to get into the Word, and we're going to be discussing and talking just a little bit about a, a chain Bible study that was inspired by Brother Marler back when I was in IBC. And he taught a class where we just went through the Word. Everything that he taught, he took the semester, and he preached and taught it to us. And then he had all of us students get up and follow after him. And each session, he just taught us how to do the same thing he just did. And if anybody knows Brother Marler, <laughs> he'll put you straight if you got off a little bit, right? And he said, all right, it's time to get back on track. You know, and, but it, it, it put something inside of me that will, has forever changed me. And I've given this Bible study, I can't even tell you how many times. It's been, it's been a ton. And so this will be inspiring to you. And before I jump up there, one of the things that I was thinking about with some of the things that transpired here tonight is the Bible's talking about in Isaiah 28, uh, or is it 11? I believe it's 11, 28. It's one of the two, where it talks about precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Everything is built. I don't care what background you came from, God's leading you, he's guiding you, and he's directing you. And all of these things have been built, building blocks to help you become more like him so that you can in turn go out and make disciples unto the Lord. That's what this is all about. We're giving you tools. There's no one tool that's going to work for everybody. But this is one thing we do know. The word's not going to return void. It's powerful. It's sharp. And it'll get right in there. And you can be, you can have, you can be a brother Juan Lopez where it's all, it's all laid out in every aspect. This five minutes, I'm going to be here. This 30 seconds, I'm going to be there. This 29 seconds, I'm going to be over here. But let me tell you, you get, you get into it and all of a sudden, <laughs> All of a sudden, somebody starts weeping because you didn't know the Spirit of the Lord just struck them right in the soul. This ain't a marathon. We're going to slow down right now and let God minister to you. And so let's pray and let's, let's be sensitive to these people and the different ones that we're going to be interacting with. And I hope when it's all said and done, you're going to be equipped to walk out of here being soldiers. Amen? I think I've said all the right stuff. I'm not sure. Uh, but we're going to start. And so let's get, let's get on with it. Up here, we're going to pretend like these are three or four guys either that I just met or that I have been working on at work. Uh, it could be on your sales job. It could be at the grocery store. It could be whatever it is. And finally, we get to hanging around. We go out. We shoot some basketball. We... You're not supposed to do that, but it started slipping. Forgive me. <laughs> and, and, and so we, we get to congregate, and we're around a bonfire, whatever it is. We're having some kumbayas, and we're, you know, just talking about some things, and I say, hey, let's, let's get into the Bible, let's get into a Bible study. Would you, would you three be okay with that? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, so we get, into, we get into a time where we're going to sit down and we're going to discuss some stuff, and what I'm going to start out doing is I'm going to say this. Look, guys, this is what I'd like us to do. I want to I show you something in Scripture that I think is super cool, and you do have to love the Word, by the way, because if you don't, they smell it. <laughs> we don't want dead religion, okay? okay? And so... Uh, I'm going to say I, there's a prophet in the Old Testament and they, they, they prophesied about something that was supposed to be revealed. And we actually have the cool honor to be able to look into the New Testament and see it play out right there before us and how it is applicable for us today. And so a lot of people could probably do this Bible study in about two sessions. 
And if you're really fast and you're like rabbit, just like, you know, on nitrous, you could probably do it in one. It takes me about five or six sessions to be able to do it. But like I say, it's not for everybody does things a little different. I'm here to build relationship. I'm here to build trust with you. So when you're going through the hard times, we're going to go right back to the word. And I'm going to encourage you with that word. Okay. And so what we're going to do is, hey, uh, what I want you guys to do tonight, we're going to just, you guys are flies on a wall for a moment. I want you to get your pens. You got your pens? wanted you to get your Bibles and get your pens here. This guy gave me a hard time because he's all about, I, you know, about the, 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 uh, this phone, electrical Bibles and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, I want you to feel the pages. I, just, I want you to be able to get some stuff and underline it, circle some things, and we're going to dive in here today. And you can always use your, your electronic Bible anytime you want, but we're going we're gonna to pretend here tonight that we're going to underline some stuff and go through this Bible study. But what we're going to do is we're going to start back here in the, in the book of Joel. And, and what I'm going to do is I'll tell you where we're going. And then we're just going to go around the room, uh, around the table here, and we're just going to read. And part of why I do this as a little pause here is because I want people to read the word, hear the word, feel the word. I want them to get used to seeing it for themselves. Because like Brother Carson just said, he said some people, they've never seen it until they're reading it. And it's like, oh, it really is in there. And so... Um, that's part of the reason why I want to do this. You do have to be sensitive. If somebody doesn't know how to read uh, or if they feel super uncomfortable with it, pass them. You'll say, we're going to give you a pass on this one, a free get-out-of-jail card or something, and just work around the table or do whatever you got to do to make that possible. But what we're going to do tonight is we're going to start with Joel chapter 2, and what we're going to do is we're going to read just a couple of verses here, 28 and verse 29. And since we have Brother Jim Sleever here, why don't you start with verse 28, and we'll see what it has to say. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And young men shall see visions. So this prophecy, we're going to hear this come up later on in scripture. But the main thing I want you to draw out of this is that he's going to pour out his spirit. Think about that, pour. I want you to think about these descriptive words as we're going through how the Spirit comes out or comes upon people. So if you can, underline, let's underline that verse, and let's put some quotations or circle, pour out my Spirit. Okay, and then Brother Juan, let's go ahead and go with 29. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out of my Spirit. In those days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all these different people. And so this is a prophecy that was, that was spoken by Joel, and the cool part is the guesswork actually gets taken out when we see it fulfilled later on on the day of Pentecost when, Pete, when Peter is preaching to the people. And so I want you to go ahead, and this is where, this is like taboo, this is like a big no-no. Don't do this in your Bible. No, I, if you feel that way, get you a good notepad that you're going to take with you. But I challenge you, get you a Bible you can write in, highlight in. You want this to be your sword. You want this to be your sword. Somebody else look at it. They're going to like chicken, scratch, what in the world, all these colors, all these notes. Get in this thing. Mark it up. Highlight it so that when you get to this, this, this Bible study, wherever and to whomever you're going to be giving this to, you can pick up and just run. And so one of the things I'm going to do is I would tell you, if you don't know, if you've never been in the book of Joel and you don't know how, to, how fast to get back there, what I do on this is I actually bend my page over. If I want to go to this Bible study, I bend my page over here. And I just know I got to get to that spot. And as long as I can get to Joel 2.28, then I can do the whole rest of the Bible study. And so underneath or right around that verse 29, I want you to write beside your Bible or under that verse if you have room. We're going to go to John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. 
Everybody got that? Okay, I'll give you a second. Sometimes you got to get in here and you got to, you either have to walk them through or if, if they all have similar Bibles, you can walk them through the contents on how to get there because these people never even heard of that before. And you get in here and you're just like, okay, so we're going to where? John chapter 7, all right? Verse 37. Go ahead and start, Brother Trano. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He's going to pour his spear out. If you're thirsty, he's going to fill you. This is really good. I'm going to get to read on this one. He that believeth on, on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's going to be something like rivers. Now, there's not going to be rivers coming out. Now, come on. You know, and you can have that discussion. But it's going to feel like something coming up from your belly that's just going to... And the power of God is going to move on you. And that's what's being described here in this awesome case about the, 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 the living water flowing from the belly kind of a thing. What does it say in 39, Sleep? But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. If you read enough, you'll actually see Scripture interpret what it's even trying to tell you. Because you could, you could water out of your belly. What in the world does that mean? Okay, so he spoke of the Spirit. That's what he was talking about, this experience. This living water coming up is of the Spirit, which they that believe should receive. You want to make sure that folks know that if you believe this, you can receive this, this Holy Ghost experience. But here's the thing. Jesus was not yet glorified. Next verse. Oh, no, that was it. That was the, so that was the, the last verse in 39. There's three things I want to draw your attention to. If you're taking notes or if you want to write this down, we want to, we want to see a couple of things here. One, the Holy Ghost has not yet come. That's awesome to understand because the prophecy in Joel has not been fulfilled yet. But it was coming. Two is that it was coming. And three, it would be taking place once Jesus was glorified. Wow. Okay, well, let's just keep on moving on. So I want you to write right there next to that verse 39, Acts chapter 1, and we're going to uh, go from verse 3 all the way to verse 15. But I want you to write it in there real good so you can see it. And I, if you can, I'd like you to highlight these verses as we're going along, and then I'll have you circle some things as we go as well. And, and then we'll pick up from there. But let's go ahead and turn on over. Does everybody got that taken care of? Okay, let's get on over to Acts Let's get on over to Acts, and now we're going to go with verse 1, and verse, starting with chapter 1, verse 3. Who's next? I'm next. Brother Lopez. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So it's talking about him showing himself alive after his passion, after the Easter celebration that we go through, that resurrection taking place, that now he's speaking to him and he's telling them. He's talking to him about some things that have to do pertaining to the kingdom of God. And this would be a real good place where you say, put your finger right here and let's write Romans chapter 14, verse 17. I'm getting you to jump through your Bible because I want you to, I want you to understand the Bible all the way through, systematically proves what we're talking about from the old all the way to the New Testament. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Who's next? Go for it, Brother Trano. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So what is the kingdom of God? What's he preaching about? What's he talking about? What's so important as he's given his very last words to these disciples? He wants them, he wants them to know I'm, I, about the kingdom of God. You need this thing. You need what I'm talking about here, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
I told you, put your finger there. Let's go right back to verse 4. And that's going to be for me right there. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. There's nothing wrong with waiting on the Lord. You're going through a storm right now. Things have been a little crazy and you don't know what to do and you got to feel like you got to do something. Wait. Just chill. Let God do what he's going to do for you. Amen. And wait on the Lord for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And then verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, when, we, when he's talking about this, everybody knows who John is. Everybody knows the, the, the teaching of John and how he's baptizing people in the, in the wilderness and all this crazy, crazy stuff that happened in and surrounding this man. But you know what? Everybody also can go back to going and remembering he did baptize folks, but he said that there's one coming that, whose, whose latchets I'm not even worthy to unlatch. He was going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And what we're going to see right here, we're going to see that, that, that portion that we just read in verse 5. It's going to come up again and again and again through this Bible study to where followers of John, the teaching of John, went forth. But then it was fulfilled in the fullness of Jesus Christ, who he was preaching about the whole time. It's very powerful, very powerful. Verse 6, next. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Still thinking about the kingdom of Israel. Still going back to the fleshly things. Still, and, and, but this is the thing. The Lord, is he has got a, not an earthly kingdom that he's setting up. He's got a heavenly kingdom, right. and it's, he's making something for you and I that's going to surpass anything that we've ever thought about. This is our hope. Yes. This is our reason, reason for being. And, and, and so he goes on. What does he say in verse 7? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. It's none of your business. None of your business. Get your eyes off of this right now and listen to what I've been trying to tell you about the kingdom of God. Get your mind back on some of the stuff. Let me, let me tell you something else. He says, But ye shall receive power. Somebody say receive power. Power. Come on, power. power. Dudamus, power. It's like dynamite. TNT. TNT, baby. Yeah. And is that to what? To throw, have fireballs come out of your hand and pull out swords and do all kind of crazy? No, no, no. What does it say? It says to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. Right. You're going to get the power to be a witness to who? Come on, somebody, unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. These are the very last words that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. How important is it? I want you to be filled with power from upon high to be a witness. Wow. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. Isn't that cool? And when he has spoken those things while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. So we just saw this would be, I'd, I'd be tripped out. He's just taken up out of their sight. Next. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Okay, we got two, two, two guys in white apparel. All of a sudden, just appeared. Let's go ahead. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back, y'all. Don't, don't get discouraged. 
He's coming back just the way you see him left. He's going to come right back. I wish I had that deep voice. You got that Barry White, like, hey, voice. That sounds good when you read. <laughs> Amen. His wife's out there going, mm hmm. Don't do that in your Bible study. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Verse 12 says, Then returned they to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem's uh, a Sabbath day's journey. So here we go. We're moving forward. Next. And, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Solus, and Judas, the brother of James. Man, I'm glad we had an IBC instructor here with us to read that one. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Verse 14, so all these people are there, and then verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now, see, if you shortcut this verse, you just miss on a great opportunity to minister to Catholics to minister different people that That's deify true. Mary. That's the truth. When you see that Mary was just another common woman, just like you in this place, that was in that upper room. Now, she didn't have a, she had a gift set. She had something that went beyond what some of you women have, because some of you, you think your kid is, is, a, is a savior of the world, but this was the real deal. <laughs> this, is, this, this was the real deal. <laughs> but you have to understand and know that Mary, Mother Mary, was in this room tarrying the same as the rest of the disciples. Yeah. Last verse, verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. So there's about 120. I want you to remember this when we're going through this next portion of scripture. There's about how many people in the upper room? 120. There's about 120, including who? Mother Mary. Somebody say Mother Mary. Mother Mary. Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to stop right there. And I want you to put right next to Acts uh, 115, I want you to put Acts 2, 1 through 18. Now, depending on the, the, the people you're giving a Bible study to, they may be overwhelmed right now. You may have to slow down and, and, and take this at a slower pace. I want to cover some space here tonight because I'm going to be closing up in just a few moments. Oh, faster than I think. Um, and I, I want to bring us to a point and a place, though, so that you can see the point of what this kind of Bible study can do for you. But, but you also need to be aware of what they can ingest. Some people, they can go for two hours, and I don't know if you can go that long. Some people, they can't go for 20 minutes. So be sensitive to some of this. It's, remember, this is not a race. It's not a marathon. I'm building relationship. I'm building trust. And when we're going through this, I know it's already been touched on a couple of times, but sometimes there's going to be some crazy questions that come out. It could be serpent seed doctrine. It could be this. It could be all kinds of aliens, like somebody said. It could be having to do with dinosaurs. It could be something that's very good that needs a good, solid answer that you may not have all the answers to right now. Write that down. Give that to me at the end of the Bible study, and before next week, we're going to get that. We're going to get you a good, solid answer. Or text that to me, however it ends up looking, so that they can get that off of their mind and still pay attention to where you're going. Amen? So what did I say? I said we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 18. Everybody loves this. Everybody wants to go to Sunday school. That's what, everybody loves Acts 2. Who was next? Is that me? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Woo! Woo! One accord and in one place. There's something about that one accord 
experience. Have you been in a prayer meeting where everybody's praying the same thing? Praying for the same purpose, the same goals? Do you know how powerful that is? Where we're not all segregated and all divided up. We're together praying for the same purpose. There's power in the house. It's awesome. Brother Sleva, verse, next verse. And suddenly there came... And suddenly, there ain't nothing wrong with getting here. And suddenly, do something crazy. And suddenly, do something like that. Freak them out for a minute. Make that Bible study fun. They might be not... And this is the thing. If they're starting to nod off, you get... <laughs> Brother Lopez over here. If you're going to do that, make sure you got mint in your mouth. <laughs> It'd be good. It'd be good to have that. But you know what? Every now and again, and if your personality will allow for it, Suddenly, do something like that. Make it exciting. And suddenly, <laughs> there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Wow. Did you just catch that? Suddenly, from this one accord in one place prayer meeting, this, this sound of heaven came in like a rushing mighty wind. And it's all right to repeat that. And it filled the wind. Man, I, I, and this would be a great time. I was in this youth congress, man. There was about 35, 40,000 people. They're all praying. And I hear people with this like, I don't know, this intercession, this the spirit moving. And it sounded like the wind was blowing in the place. It was powerful. And it was goosebumps was standing on top of goosebumps. And it was, it was, it was, it was explosive. It was powerful, man. I, I, I hope we can feel that right here in this Bible study. Amen. <laughs> And did you take notice here for all you Pentecostals? You don't have to be standing up and having your hands raised and, and let go and hold on and all that stuff. They were sitting when this thing happened. All the old timers say, amen. amen. Come on. Come on. I'm getting up there now. I can appreciate all that worship the other night. I was like, we need a seat for a little pause, a little praise break. A little praise break for a minute. Amen. Verse 3, next. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now, this is, this is crazy. It appeared a cloven tongues like as a fire. But get the, get the word like, like as a fire. Fire didn't actually hit them and just consume them right there, but it was like fire. <sighs> like fire that sat upon them. And I experienced this, and it is powerful. But this is the best way that they could explain it. But it sat upon each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled. Some, oh, I got to stop you. How many? How, who was in the upper room? Mary. Mother Mary and about 120, right? They're all filled. You need to put emphasis on this kind of stuff because some people are missing this between what some of the charismatics and, and some of the folks that are loosely holding on to the doctrines of Scripture. Okay? How many? All. Finish that Scripture, Mr. Deep Voice. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them much. They all were filled. And they began to speak with, with tongues or a heavenly language as the Spirit of the Lord gave utterance. Boom. Now, for the sake of time, we have to go. We're going to skip some verses. And I want us to come down to verse 12. Because I've got to stop at verse 18. Unfortunately, so let's go ahead. Brother Sleva, verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one to another, what meaneth this? This is one of the number one questions that anybody you're going to bring into church is going to ask. What in the world is going on? <laughs> what meaneth this? 
You, you, somebody been in a Mormon church, they've been in a Catholic church, they've been in some of these different places where they're literally, there's not a lot of demonstrative worship, and they see what they saw here uh, Sunday night? They're like, what's going on? It's okay. They need, they need to understand. It's okay to ask the questions, what mean at this? Because I'm going to give you an answer. Next verse. Other. Yeah, you, you Sorry. Are. Am I good? Yeah. Got it. Back on track. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. These men are full of new wine. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody says when something powerful is going on they can't explain. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Peter said, hearken unto my words. These folks ain't drunk. Man, it's about nine o'clock in the morning. Hello? There's something crazy going on here, but let me tell you what's happening. And, and, and if you go down to verse 15, it says, For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, Brother Sleva. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Boom! What did we start with? We started with Joel, chapter 2. We're seeing this thing fulfilled, the prophecy fulfilled right here. How awesome is that? And what does he say in the next verse? And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, but if you had Bibles and markers and all this other stuff, this is a great place to be able to put, you know what, how, how much time did it take from the time prophecy was spoken by, by Joel? to the, the, the fulfillment of where it happened right here, it was roughly about 800 years. Think about it. 800 years. But we see it fulfilled. And then later, in the same chapter we all know, it's our candy stick, the second question is asked. What shall we do? I'm pricked to my heart. I'm convicted right now because I was there at the foot of Christ going, crucify him, crucify him. Crucify him. I got caught up in the frenzy. I got caught up in the emotion. And I happened to be the very same ones that was standing in that, around that corner that I thought, I've told him I was his friend. Peter, think about Peter. I'll die for you. Only to be cursing and talking like a, a sailor, saying he didn't know anything that was going on. And yet Jesus knew that the whole time. I love the series that Pastor's been preaching on. It's been awesome. Which, by the way, I, I want to say this publicly. I love Brother Carson. As a man, and I'm looking at some of the men, men in this place. He didn't pay me to do this. Men, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass nobody. Men, men want to be, if you're going to serve under somebody, you want somebody to be a man. A man's man. And one thing I will say is I've watched Brother Carson be a man's man. I've seen him in multiple situations right now where he has operated in behalf and on behalf of this church, and he has stood bold, and he has loved on this church. He's prayed for us. He, in a conference setting, he'll go right out, where's all my people at? And he'll go right out, and he'll start laying hands and praying on folks and loving on them, where others may just be standing there wanting to be with the upper snuff. And the other thing that I absolutely appreciate about this man, sorry for being so honest here, is the fact that you are thick enough skinned and comfortable with who you are that you can take people like that crazy man right there and this crazy man right here 
and those crazy men right there, and some of you that I've already been seeing get up in this pulpit preaching, teaching, operating in aspects that you maybe haven't had opportunity to do so. That takes a very powerful man of God to be able to do that and being secure in who he is in Christ to be able to make that happen. Thank you, Pastor. It's all right. When you sacrifice like a, like a mule, sometimes you need to give honor where honor is due. You know, and, 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 we, and we need to do that. But the, to finish up with this last bit right here, I can't go through it, but I will tell you, we've got books back here from Brother uh, O.C. Marler, who I absolutely love. Um, <laughs> he's another one of those cowboy men's men type men. And uh, he gained my respect very quickly. And he's got a lot of commentary in this Bible study that was inspired by him. And so if you wanted to try to be challenged enough to try to ingest this and teach this, Sister Madison, I don't know where you are, but thank you for putting these together. Uh, this is an awesome tool, like Brother Carson was talking about yet again, a tool to be able to just take with you and, uh, and to give this Bible study. But one of the things that I do want to make mention of here is when you're done doing this specific Bible study, you're going to see... You're going to see that over here in Acts chapter 8, you're going to see that when, when the disciples are preaching and teaching to Samaria, this is, this is approximately one year later. And one of the things that I would do if I was given this Bible study, I would like, like death, man, I'd be on, on, on it talking about, look, they believed. Look, they saw miracles, signs, wonders, demons being cast out. They were baptized in Jesus' name. All these things, powerful, powerful. And yet there was still something missing. Because a lot of people today, especially generic Christians, and I say this lightly because I think we all need to understand who we are. God has made us ambassadors. God has made us the hands and feet to get out here and talk and to teach and to preach to all people, to all nations, to all tongues. We need to get out. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. And I'm not going to try to put no more heat on you than that, but we've got to get out here and reach folks because they may have, they may have only heard a watered-down gospel. You hear it? You may be in their life to be able to shine some light that they've never seen before. And then all of a sudden to come, they don't have the Holy Ghost. And so they sent for them Peter and John. Why? Because they hadn't received the Holy Ghost. Well, we can talk about what Scripture says about the Holy Ghost. But then here's something that's even more powerful. You jump over to Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius. You know what's cool about this? This is approximately on a timeline. This is about eight years later. There's a lot of people you're going to talk to that are going to have discussion with, Bible study with. They're going to say that Pentecostal experience, that explosive thing that happened, only happened one time at the day of Pentecost. That's where you got to go, let's put on the brakes just for a second. Let's back up here. And let's relook at Scripture and let's see that, you know what? It was still happening at Acts chapter 8. It was still happening in Cornelius' household. And guess what? While the preaching was going on, the Holy Ghost fell, and they all received the same Holy Ghost that the Jewish people that were astonished that came with them saw the same thing. And they're going, what? What? And then he commands them to be baptized. Death, burial, resurrection all the way through. And then I'll just close with this. When you get all the way to Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, you're about 22 years later. All the way through this, you're hearing about John's teaching, preaching, all the different things that happened with John, the baptizer. But here towards the end of that, Paul's pulling him. He says, hey, how were you baptized? That's a great question to ask somebody. How were you baptized? Where were you baptized at? How was it done? 
Oh, they sprinkled me. Oh, they poured a, a labor of water over me. Or, oh, I went down and, and, and I was immersed. Oh, awesome. Well, and don't ever belittle somebody's that's experience. Awesome. You, oh, that's awesome. Just keep looking for opportunities to see the lights click on inside of them as they see it's all being done in Jesus' name. And there's going to be a point where you can be able to say, do you know what? There's not anywhere in Scripture where a baptizer baptized somebody in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I love one of the first things I heard here. I believe it was Brother Urshan was talking about somebody that put on a, a, one of the broadcasts or something, a $100,000 check, legitimate, $100,000 check. Anybody that can show me one place where they a baptizer baptized somebody in the titles, you have this. It's, it's free and clear, ready to go. Nobody claimed the check. That's powerful. The illumination of that is unbelievable. So be ready to give an answer that lies within you. And like I say, there's not just one way. There's many ways. In your personality, find out what fits you. But you know what? At the end, love God, love people.